Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Blister Podcast. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, we have talked quite a bit on Blister about the ski season in North America, but I wanted to get a clearer sense of how the ski season went down in Europe, where, for a whole bunch of reasons, things were far more complex. So today I'm talking with Sebastian Steinbach, who is the owner of Black Sheep Sports in Munich, Germany. And not only is Sebastian a European ski shop owner, he also spent a good bit of time traveling back and forth between Munich and Kitzbühel, Austria. So in this conversation, we get a bit of a recap of the European ski season, and then we also revisit some of the predictions that Sebastian had made prior to the ski season, and then we once again ask Sebastian to pull out his crystal ball and offer some of his early predictions for what he thinks this next ski season will look like in Europe. And we'll include a link in the show notes to this episode to my last podcast conversation with Sebastian. And, spoiler alert, this Friday, you'll be able to hear Sebastian and me discuss a bunch of new ski gear, including a lot of new AT ski boots, over on our Gear 30 podcast. But for now, it's time to get more details and learn more about the complex logistics of this past ski season in Europe. So let's get to it. Well, Sebastian, how are you today and where are you today? Hey, Jonathan, good to be back on the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm doing actually great. Had a good day so far, uh, skiing and biking. And um, I'm right now in Austria. Actually, I'm in Kitzbühel, where the famous Hankam race is taking place in January always. And I'm at my wife's place, which always is my silver lining. And yeah, that's where I am right now. I think it's nice when you say you're at your wife's place. Your wife lets you sometimes come hang out with her in Austria. You should maybe explain this situation a little bit. Yeah, the the good thing is that so I'm I'm living in Munich because my my shop is in Munich and uh, my wife uh, she loves being in Austria and uh, we were talking about having a second home since years and she was begging all the time that she actually wants wanted to be like in the Kitzbühel area because she loved the mountains here and uh, this is just her place and uh, lucky me uh, she and we found a place a year ago just before the pandemic really started hitting us and so I was able to visit my wife every weekend and was legally allowed to be over here and go skiing. So the shop was closed as I will yeah, let you guys know later. But, and, but yeah, I, I ski skiing wise, I actually had a, a pretty good ski season. Yep. Well, and so this is actually part of the reason why I was particularly interested in talking with you about this kind of question of this past ski season in Europe is because you have been traveling back and forth between Munich, where Black Sheep, your shop, is located, and then getting over to Austria. And so you you have a maybe a bit of a broader perspective when we're sort of asking you to sum up the European ski season. You might be better suited at doing this than a lot of other folks who just have been sort of staying in one spot during COVID. 
So um, to give you or to give the listeners a little um, like little view on the European ski season. So ski season normally in Europe starts in October with the glacier season. And in October, um, traveling also over the border for Germans to Austria and back and forth and within the whole Europe was still possible and easy. So you had no real border checks. You had not to have like uh, a, a COVID negative test with you or special papers that you're allowed to travel because you're a worker or something else. So October, glaciers were open, chairlifts and trams were running. Then on the 2nd of November, uh, Austria decided to go on a six-week lockdown and uh, they closed all the ski resorts, all the chairlifts and everything. Um, then during that time, um, Austria uh, decided, for example, I, I t I'll tell that right now as the, from the Austrian perspective, that they want, want to reopen all the Austrian ski resorts by the 24th of December, so for Christmas. Um, then they got huge political pressure from three different countries, uh, foremost from Italy, France and Germany, because those three countries together, actually with uh, parts of the European Union or with uh, officials from the European Union, tried to make all, bring a lot of pressure on Austria to say, no, the ski season is cancelled. Because at that time, Italy, France and Germany decided that there won't uh, be any ski seasons um, in their countries, at least not for the first two or three months of the ski season. Um, to be fair, in Italy, um, in um, I think one state, in uh, it's called in Trentino, uh, there were like chairlifts running. But for example, uh, in the biggest uh, North Italian state where the most ski resorts are, which is South Tyrol, there were uh, no ski lifts running the whole season. In Germany, where we have not a lot of resorts, but a few, um, and especially for the people who live in south southern Germany, um, they are quite important. We had no single tram or chairlift running for the whole season. And the same for the country of France. Also in France, no chairlifts, no trams, no ski season. That means that in the end, um, also, of course, traveling uh, for skiers into other countries, for example, Switzerland, uh, which you have to know, Switzerland is not part of the European Union. So in Switzerland, everything was a little bit different. There were the hotels open for most of the time, also the restaurants. They had like a couple of weeks where they were shutting down the restaurants and only had like the patios open, for example, um, or only takeaway. But Switzerland kept it quite normal the whole season. But the big thing for, for example, if you're from Germany um, and you want to go skiing in Switzerland, which was legal to go over there, but if you were coming back, you had to go on a 14-day quarantine. So you had to plan in way more many ski days uh, to get your, your skiing done. Or you had to stretch the rules. But this can cost a lot of money if... Uh, if you get stopped by border control, for example. For Austria, for example, if you had, yeah, uh, let's say, like a main residency, or if you have family over there, you were allowed to visit your family for uh, 72 hours without going to quarantine. So there were different rules that were changing a little bit from time to time. Um, 
everything got a little bit more complicated about like end of January, mid of February, where the uh, the Great Britain uh, variant from the coronavirus came to the mainland of Europe, and uh, the state of Tyrol became um, like a, a yeah a, a special like emergency state uh, um, regarding the va- the variant of of the virus. So then at that time, Austria and Germany ramped up like very strict border controls and you could only get over the border with a negative test with a lot of papers. And that was, for example, the time where if I would not have my wife living in Austria and paying, uh, of course, her taxes in Austria, um, I would not be allowed to go over the border without going in quarantine when I come back. And even if I would go over, I would have to quarantine myself five days in Austria. So skiing, um, as you can hear, was a little bit more challenging this winter for for skiers, especially in Germany, but it's the same for people who live in France. Um, Of course, like for Austrian locals, they, I bet, had a great winter season because the Alps had a great winter season regarding snowfalls. So we actually had a very good, especially on the northern uh, ridge of of the Alps, we had a very, very good winter season. And with a lot of snowfall, with good temperatures, uh, with uh, most of the time also a good snowpack, and uh, was not too critical, maybe a little bit in January, where we got a very a lot of snow in in, in Austria, especially in in, in, in the eastern part. So... As you can imagine, for most skiers, uh, when I, I, I now take the, the German perspective again, it was, of course, a ski touring season. And lucky, uh, the lucky thing for all the skiers is that even in the Bavarian Alps, um, there's still some snow. Uh, it's mid of April or end of April. And um, yeah, like one or two ski tours are still possible. And that's the lucky, lucky situation at the end that everyone actually who was willing to to earn the turns with their own power, um, yeah, could have had a great winter season, actually. And that's something I wanted to ask you about. I mean, coming into this past season, we spent a lot of time talking about, like, are we going to see a big uptick in backcountry skiing? And talk a little bit, I mean from what you saw your perspective as a shop owner and then just the people you were talking with and what you were seeing, do you feel, and I believe that you had told me that you didn't think there was going to be quite the massive uptick in backcountry skiing in, in Europe as maybe we might see in the U S do I have that right? Or am I misremembering? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, 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 that's totally right. Because I was, I was not sure when we were talking in late September, um, right, like two days after we actually opened the shop. And I was, I was not sure if, if we are going to see a, a ski touring boom or, uh, uh, because the, the trend was always, uh, was there already since two or three years. So there is, there is a trend towards ski touring. And of course, uh, COVID was, um, yeah firing it up a little bit more but you always have to ask yourself um when you when you when you 
think from the re retail perspective, um, and that's the same question you can ask yourself when you when you see when you talk about the bike boom is who is actually benefiting from the boom? Is it is it the core or expert shop or the small and medium sized shop who actually already was quite sold out the last couple of years with the product he's selling because he, he they are specialized, or is it the massive big box store where maybe ski touring was a niche in the last years and they now because they can offer packages and discounts over discounts and now selling uh, thousands of those yeah so it's it's always a question who is benefiting from the boom but uh, coming back to your question um as i think like the whole industry when i when i see it from the european perspective had a phenomenal start into the season in October. Yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely uh, amazing how customers wanted to go out and wanted to get equipment. Like they, they were rushing into the shop. It was like in October, it felt like, like December because December is like actually the peak month in our shop. And uh, October business was phenomenal. So it, 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 it gave us a good feeling um, coming out of like lockdown one in, in the end of the last season where they suddenly cut the season. Um, and yes, skiers had an anticipation to, hmm, let's definitely buy something where I can tour with. But in uh, October, um, still like, like skiers are positive people. Like especially like 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 backcountry skiers, we always are, we are always positive because we always dream about good snow, uh, about the perfect powder day, and we always um, believe in a good winter season. Even if like like eighty percent are already down and we're shitty, we still think no, this this will be a great one. There that that one big powder day will come, and so people were buying a lot of, let's say quite normal free ride equipment and what i mean with that is like like the hybrid booths for example like the 50 50 equipment and um normally this is a very good very good um compromise but in this winter with no chairlifts running it was of course a bad compromise because um having a full touring season in let's say a 50-50 hybrid freeride boot, um, you will definitely see more blisters coming on your feet on your on your on your feet than you were hoping for. And uh, then and 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 your freeride skis maybe maybe that little 150 gram too heavy in that winter season. So yeah it it it, it was difficult to to pick the right gear because um Yeah, skiers are believers. They always believe in, in a better end. And um, then, so we, we definitely sold with every ski that went out, like nine out of 10 bindings were definitely hybrid or, or uh, pin bindings, like the, the, the classic setup, let's say, um, like a, a, a directional uh, TI ski with a, let's say, like a look pivot binding that was more rare this winter. Like in early October, a little bit more because we have a few customers who had like pre-ordered special skis where only, uh, let's say, like a pivot binding or uh, like familiar bindings make sense. But um, 
I would say like eight, nine out of 10 setups were either hybrid bindings or full pin bindings. And the same with boots was, of course, like it would say like 90% of the boots uh, in October were uh, um, hybrid touring boots. And um, for the rest of the season, of course, uh, we haven't sold like, like, let's say like November or December, we haven't sold like any race boots. It was just about touring boots and touring boots. But um, yeah, at um, first week of November, um, also the federal state in Germany decided to go on a lockdown light. That meant that people were still allowed to do their thing but after work they were actually told to drive home or go to the grocery store and do not not much anymore and uh, in austria the resorts were closed and from that day um because we do everything on appointment only like boot wise and not at black sheep yeah and normally we are totally booked out and we've been totally totally booked out in october and then in november with the first week of November, our like appointment calendar just broke down 60-70%. And it, it got quite quiet at the shop. It, at that time in November, you couldn't really feel like, okay, people are still like going after and buying buying ski touring skis and, 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 and ski equipment. So like the first wave in October was super good. And I, I bet like a lot of people also were a bit afraid of not getting their equipment anymore or maybe of shortages or whatever. Um, but that's something that we were not really seeing in Europe, maybe like skins wise, like ski touring skins. They got quite short in the end of the season. And um, yeah, then it went towards December. It's, December was the same. No one knew really is it going to be still a ski season or will it only be a ski touring season? And um, yeah, on the 15th of December, it was our last day. And because on the 16th, we had to go in a real lockdown shutdown situation. That meant we had to close the shop. And from that point for the next about four weeks, we were not even allowed to do like this modern thing called click and collect and call and collect and those things. So not even at the at the door front of the shop, we were allowed to hand our products anymore. And of course, Christmas business, everyone can imagine, uh, it's normally an important time of the year. And uh, when I uh, speak about Munich, for example, suddenly mid of December, you were seeing so many Amazon vans driving through the streets of Munich and more and more and more and i i can't believe that this is a future we all want to see that it's only everything is coming from from an online retailer um but yeah and that was like the first three months um of of, of the season a very very good start then the so-called lockdown light in november and from mid of december we were closed and um yeah, ski touring was was on the map like always, and um, definitely more than in the previous years, we could see that people were not only buying ski and, let's say, the hybrid binding, for example, a Shift or a Duke PT. So everyone, everyone was also buying skins because in 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 many cases in the past, you could see okay, 
I, I buy myself the option, but I will never go ski touring. Um, and, uh, and I will buy that hybrid boot because it just looks damn cool. Uh, but beside apres skiing, I will never use the walk mode. And in this season, it, it looked like, and it also looked like on, on the classic ski touring hills around Munich that, um, there were a lot of people on the mountain ski touring, but, um, I was just out with the team last Saturday to have like a season, uh, to wrap the season with the team. And we had a nice, uh, parking lot, uh, distance party, of course. And, um, you could see so many old equipment still. That is absolute unbelievable how, how much old equipment you can still see on the mountain. So for all the ski shops, especially, in Europe, there's still equipment to sell, so no one should be uh, too too afraid right now. <laughs> I'd love to hear you talk a little more or try to generalize or characterize, say, an overarching attitude among just regular skiers <laughs> in Europe. I realize that's asking for a massive generalization, but was there a bit of a feeling like most people thought, okay, we get it. We're in a pandemic. These rules make sense or how different countries were choosing to sort of manage this whole thing or how particular ski areas were choosing to manage things. Were people generally of an attitude of like, yeah, yeah, we understand. Or were people like, this is stupid. So I think in general, people were understanding but on the other side, within the understanding, you still can say there are stupid parts of the whole thing. Because um, when I, for example, look how, how they managed everything at the Austrian ski resorts, they, 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 they did a phenomenal job. It's, it's, they, they managed everything perfectly. So all huts were closed, like the restaurants on the mountains were closed, uh, hotels were closed. So there couldn't be another uh, like massive apres up, up, skiing spike so that that was not possible anymore but from the political side they always said no it should not be like last season with that one ski resort that has should not happen anymore that's that can't happen anymore and they were generalizing too much um, because um, there there are options or there would have been options to to let people go skiing, even with traveling over the borders. So if you have to show up with the negative test at the border, uh, with one of those quick tests you have, you can, you can do. So where, where, where is the issue in the end? And everyone, everyone is wearing, uh, it's, it's KN95. It's how the masks are called where, where only like 95 or the, that they block 95% of the particles away. Um, so you had to wear those special masks. You were not allowed to wear like a face mask or something. So you had to wear special masks when you were queuing up in front of the chairlift or when you were sitting in the chairlift. And like in a chairlift, there were six people allowed to sit. Only three were allowed, for example. And they were cutting everything down. And so they, they did everything to make ski season happen. But on the other side, I understand the, 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 the authorities that they say, okay, when we have people traveling back and forth all the time, we can't, can't control, uh, or, uh, control the, the whole situation an, uh, anymore. But, um, from, from a skier's perspective, it was hard to understand and hard to accept because, um, when I, when I see like the customers in my shop, 
That's not the classic apres ski customer. Those are skiers. They are skiing from eight to five. And it's not about hitting the bar at 12 already. Yeah. Or starting dancing in the snow at 1 p.m. Um, it's, it's more about skiing and to, to say, for example, in Europe that skiing and apres skiing is so tied together. That's something that I do not see like this from an industry perspective. I, I, I bet. It's, it's so, especially in Europe, so hot already tied together that without the après ski tourism, uh, the whole thing would not work anymore. But um, maybe this is something that the, the pandemic is changing for the future, that uh, the resorts can't be just party resorts and they have to rethink how, how they're going to market themselves within the winter sports industry or within the tourism industry at, uh, uh, in, in a brighter scale. But yeah, understanding it, everyone knows it better. It's like it's it's, it's like when you, when your team loses, you're definitely say yeah, it's the coach's mistake, and the coach has had should have let that and that guy play and not that guy. And when, for example, in in, in Germany, our uh, soccer national team is playing, we have like 80 million head coaches uh, si sitting at home. It's the same with with with, the, uh, with politics right now. But uh, to to be honest, um, they made their mistakes during the last summer. From my from my point of view, within whole Europe, they ha haven't learned too much, or they didn't take their lessons from the first lockdown, and they thought it, they will get through the winter season somehow. And as we saw, somehow it did not work. And in uh, I think it was September or October, one of our ministers in Germany said, we, we learned a lot. We will definitely not close any, uh, not the retail business, and the kids will definitely uh, be able to go to school. And six weeks later, everything was closed, and the kids were back home again. And it was homeschooling time again. So, yeah, but that's why it turned out to be a ski touring season in the end. You know, now I'm thinking about next season. And I guess I'm a bit curious. I mean, when you talked about that, and maybe this was, was this only in Austria at, I don't know which resort you were talking about when you were saying you couldn't just have any type of face covering. In every Austrian, in every Austrian ski resort, you had to wear, uh, wear the, in, in, in Europe, it's called FFP2. And I think in the US, it's called KN95. N95. Yeah, N95. That's a, yeah. that's a special, that's a special type of mask. That's what you had to wear in Austria. For example, in Switzerland, not. Everything is different. That's the crazy thing. And so did Switzerland see a bigger uptick? Because that was that was the case in the U.S., right? Like, we were skiing many, many days, right, through the season, many days each week. And, you know, here, it's like you just had to have your face covered. Nobody was like, that buff is too thin and worn out, you know. And, like, in other words, there's no question that there was a massive range of these face coverings and they are not all created equal and yet we got through this season well i think by i i don't think you could argue any word other than well or really well right and so again one of the things we kept doing is just kind of looking at the science of it seems like there was a pretty strong and solid scientific consensus that being outside during the daytime 
is a pretty tough way to transmit COVID. And we didn't see massive outbreaks in COVID this season. We didn't enforce like you have to have this particular type of, you know, mask or covering. And so I wonder if if any European ski areas or countries will look at what just happened in the United States or in North America and say, all right, let's use that as a data point. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So if we in Europe, like let's say country, let's, let's, let's take two countries. If for example, France and Germany, like, like the two maybe like most important or most powerful countries within the European Union, if they would have looked on the US and would have asked themselves, is that something we can do in our country? Because if you take uh, the numbers and compare the, the numbers from Germany to the numbers from the United States, the German numbers were super low compared to your numbers all the time. Yeah, we had no massive breakouts. Um, it's, it's Germany came through the whole thing quite well, but was one of the most strictest con countries within the European Union. So, for example, in the state where I live, we are in Bavaria, we are actually on a very strict lockdown since three months. That means we have a curfew. That, so after nine o'clock, you're you're not actually allowed to be on the street anymore. Of course, you can go for a run and go go with your dog and and, and stuff and, and and come back from work, but you sh you should actually stay at home from nine to, to five. So um, they were super afraid over here that something could happen, and uh, so they decided to play it very very safe and say from the beginning, okay, no, we 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 don't want to have the same the same massive breakout like we had last year, end of February, in that one resort that maybe was a huge part of the whole spread for whole Europe because it's one of the biggest. It's known for the parties and there were tourists from whole Europe, from Iceland, from France, from Denmark, uh, from everywhere. Germany, of course, and they all brought it home from that place. But this year... Even Switzerland was was on 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 high numbers the whole the whole season, but they kept uh, everything open for most of the time. As I mentioned, they had like a two three weeks where certain states said, "Okay, we're going to close down the restaurants for two weeks, but uh, hotels are still open and resorts are open." But of course, even Switzerland, which which was a quite normal situation there, um, they also um, we're missing the tourists, the international tourists, because even because you always there are still skiers who love to go skiing, and um, in in Europe the average skier skis about like eight nine days per season, and there are those people or families who go on ski vacation every year, and this year maybe I bet a lot of those people said no we're we're staying home it's going to Switzerland, I don't know if, it's, if this is right or if that feels right coming back home, don't know what the neighbor thinks or uh, can we afford going to quarantine after uh, we're coming back because that means, okay, you maybe need like a three-week stretch to go on holidays or four weeks. So, and of course, there were those who said, no, I don't I don't give a, I, 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 I drive over, I go to Switzerland, I go skiing, I drove over, I drive over to Austria, I do that and this. So, 
there are different options um, how how to handle the situation, but you could definitely see, like like here in the Austrian resorts where I had the opportunity opportunity to go skiing, that was like I would say like twenty percent of the people who are skiing there on a normal season ski day. Twenty percent of normal. Yeah, and it's like like around Christmas, like between Christmas and New Year, year like they had like around like three thousand people per day skiing here in the resort. Normally, they have thirty five thousand people at one day. Yeah, so that's that's what that resort is is is, is doing, or how many people are rushing through the, this the ski resort here. It's like on, on on the biggest day, they are playing between thirty and thirty five thousand people. And now they add like over the holidays, an average about three thousand people. And when the holidays were over, it was hard to find people on the slopes. Actually, it's it's great. It's great for those who could benefit out of it, but for for the industry, uh, and um, I I don't only mean us like shop owners. It's manufacturers. It's it's the hotel industry. It's it's so many more. Um, I, we we all have to hope that this is not going, not hitting the repeat button for next winter, because then we are in a really in a real nightmare situation for the industry. And then I could not tell you what the outcome uh, would be, because another winter season like that, especially in Europe, I I I don't know how how you feel uh, that way for the U.S., but for Europe. This would not work again. We are still too much focused on on resort skiing, on piste skiing, everything within the ski resort. Um, the main manufacturers, even if they sold a lot of touring skis and touring boots, we all know when you uh, uh, take a look in their catalogs or on their websites that seventy percent of of the stuff at brands like I don't know Atomic, Technical Blizzard, or, or Fisher or all all the names on the market, seventy um, percent is still is, is referring to resort skiing, to piece skiing, not to off piece skiing. So yeah, for for the industry, it's it's it will be it will be yeah, it will be tough and interesting. Then, how much have you heard about ski resorts themselves? Maybe saying like we are on the brink of having to cease operations, go out of business from the loss of revenue from this year? Or was it the case where it seems like, say, maybe a lot, many, some were receiving enough government assistance to sort of, you know, help the loss of revenue by like in in France and Germany, literally like ski areas were never opened. Do you have much of a handle on that? What I know that so far, uh, I think in Germany, uh, ski resorts still haven't seen any help from the government side. Any? Any. No, uh, because it's it's because there were like different, let's say, like projects that the state, the federal state was running throughout uh, the different type of lockdowns. So, for example, they had... Um, um, in their in their package where they were coming out in October November with um, they were helping like uh, uh, certain parts of the industry with their losses in in November when everything went into first lockdown in December for example like the restaurants and everything they got a, an okay amount of money in that time but a ski resort for example is still closed in November 
or if just making little, little money in November. So if they get help for November, it's not helping to cover the season. So they're still fighting uh, to, to, to get their uh, uh, help uh, state-wise. For example, we also got money from the state last week. This is compared to the money we lost in that season. It's not even 10%, but at least it's a little bit. And it's, it's, it's helping to, for the, for, yeah, for the whole plan to get through summer and into next, uh, next winter season. It's helping just a bit. It's not enough, but you at least can say, so I was able to hand in all my papers three weeks ago and another two and a half, two weeks ago, I already got uh, the first 50% of the payment. So that was, that was, that was quite, quite okay. But other branches were waiting three, four months to receive money from the state. So where we, we don't get money for the stuff we bought and not could sell. So that's, that's just our own problem because the state then say it's not their issue. If Black Sheep is not running an online shop and is only doing service focused stuff. So that's not their issue. So that's my, my problem. So I'm, I'm the, the stupid guy who's not running an online shop. So, um, or was not planning in a pandemic in his business plan. So, um, and then on the, on the others, on the other side, there you, you get money for the rent and for your yeah fixed costs you have within a, within a uh, month but only in the percentage uh, of your loss uh, that you had in this month so for example if you lost 50% uh, revenue in a month you get 50% of your fixed costs yeah um it's 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 just it's 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 a little thing so the the person who planned all the stuff for the state was a very smart guy because he found uh, or he or she found a way um, how the state has to pay the least amount of money to like entrepreneurs shop owners uh, business people um, like all these different kind of people who are just having a very very hard time through the pandemic so and we are not talking about like people who are trying to make the living with having a restaurant because they are closed since 1st of November. You have to imagine that. In, in Germany, if you're running a restaurant, you can only uh, sell to-go food, like pick up stuff, um, but you're actually closed in five months. And um, Or if you're working um, um, like on, on trade shows, there haven't been any trade shows. And I can't, I don't know if we will see big trade shows, shows this, this summer not i i'm i'm not i'm not sure about that and uh, so there are many many branches that got hit very very bad very hard from the whole thing and uh, it would have been so there could have been more practical solutions so for example we were allowed to be open again with our our shop in munich by the 8th of march and at that time, we were only allowed to be open by appointment only. So you had to have the customer. And it. so, for example, we are always selling ski boots by appointment at Black Sheep. But even if you wanted to buy a, a ski wax, you had to make an appointment. And at that time, 
for example, our shop is about 150 square meter big, so it's, it's a little shop. But I was only allowed to have one customer in the far left corner to get the boot fit done and one other customer in the far right corner to buy a ski wax or get some ski talk and a new ski gear. So we could have two customers per time at the shop and no one else was allowed to get into the shop. So normally, for example, we can do, let's say, 12, 15 customers on our ski boot uh, bench per day with two to three boot fitters. Now I was only able to do five per day. So we were totally booked out for March. So we had like, like just with the money we made, to be honest, it was a good, a, a very good month. We, we had to go very deep down with the price with a discount. So that's something what normally not happens uh, with us, um, especially with ski boots. It actually never happened before in the last 11 years that we had to sell boots on, on, on a heavy discount. But that was the only way to, to get the customers into the shop and to, to drive it forward. But uh, for example, as I mentioned, we had a very good snow season in, in, in Europe and in the Alps and especially also in the Bavarian Alps. And in January, it was snowing so much and people were sending us emails and emails and calling the shop all the time. Hey, can't we? Is there an option? Can I sneak in the shop back door? Is there something possible? And there was nothing possible because it was just too risky for us. Because if, if we would have done that and someone sees that and cause the cops, for example, it would have cost us 30 to 50,000 euros. So being totally on, totally closed, actually, the whole month of January and February, and as a service-focused shop, like all the selling by phone and stuff, that's not really helping and working. You might sell a ski per day, but you're not selling boots anymore, not with the philosophy of selling boots that we have. Yeah, and then came March, and March was 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 quite good actually. From the numbers, what we what what we earned was 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 a very good month. And uh, sadly, we had to decide that we will yeah close the the season about four to five weeks earlier than we normally do, um, just because like every week something new is changing. For example, right now, like last week, I was allowed to get customers in my shop by appointment but only with a negative test. So they had to have a negative COVID test by hand. Otherwise, they were not allowed to get into the shop. And this is, yeah, for some or for a huge amount of customers, this is something where they say, no, every week a new rule. Okay, season is over. Let's hope for October. And hopefully I can just go to my favorite shop, doesn't matter which it is, and be there again have a beer, have a good talk, and have a good time. All right, well, it's so strange. About six months ago, we were talking, and we'll put a link to that conversation in the show notes to this episode, but I was asking you to sort of pull out your crystal ball and make predictions about what this winter would look like that we've just been discussing. I want to do the same thing, but it's time to pull the crystal ball out and have you make predictions about what you think this next season is going to look like in Europe. I, I think that we will have a quite normal ski season. And I make my bet 
that if that happens, we will have no lessons learned out of this winter season, not for the next winter season. And uh, this is my big take on um, no lessons learned for in, in the next winter season. It will Everything will be the same like it was in the 1920 season again. That means um, 110% party. Um, everything will, will, yeah, all the outrages, all the out, like, like, all the, maybe let's also like, let's say like all the bad outcomes that, that came out of everything in the last 10 years that will, it, it will be even more next winter. Um, because everyone, a lot of people want to, want to have the chance of having a normal ski season and, um, want to get out and want to want to do or want to feel free again um that's also uh, an interesting thing that a lot of people don't feel free uh the, that's that's but that's another big topic uh we could talk for hours about if we are right now in a living in a free world or not with all the rules around of us but for the ski industry i really hope that things will change a little bit more a step back from one step back from all of us could not be could not be wrong um, to say okay it's, it doesn't have to be uh, better better and better all the time we can be happy with being good and uh, from from the winter sports perspective because when you look in the future we we all do not know how how winter will look like in 10 15 years which ski resorts still can operate in 15 years because They might don't have snow anymore at the level where they are. Uh, if they are, like for example, like a lot of ski resorts also here in Europe are around like 2,000 meters, and uh, so you 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 don't know in which which direction also the climate change. Uh, and and as 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 I as you guys were talking about that in your uh, reviewing the news uh, episode in the last one, it's a fact, and it's 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 not. Uh, going going away anymore so um of course i have to hope for a normal ski season from from a business owner perspective from 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 a human being perspective maybe that's, that's a little bit uh, too philosophy too much philosophy right now but um, from a human being it maybe would be good that it's not normal but it's, it's a different kind of normal and that we learned something and that it has not to be about masses all the time and about big crowds and uh, the biggest of the biggest venue and one resort has to be better than the other and you have to build more and more trams and and have to connect the resorts and uh, to overgrow everything but um, from 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 the business side um, because we always have to think about the next two to five years um, or like say five to ten years, I I have to hope that it's it's more normal. But um, on the other side, I better hope for a bad winter with open borders than for another super good winter with closed borders. Well, Sebastian, as always, I appreciate the perspective. I still have never skied in Europe. I mean, I've skied in Iceland, but uh, I have never skied in Austria or France and, and uh, there were plans to. I was going to be skiing in France last year and COVID changed that. But um, I very much want to get over there. I definitely need to get to Kitzbühel at some point. So yeah. plus I now know, I know of a guy who whose wife has a place. 
Yeah, and a, and a know, good couch. You can definitely get the couch. couch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm not going to forget. You know, I know these things are all way, way, you know, down the list in terms of importance on a global level, obviously. But it sure would be fun if we can get past this pandemic stuff, open borders back up again, and to get to do a bit of traveling again and see some friends and the like. And so I'm, I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope that this isn't, uh, that that vision of the future isn't too far away. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same with me, Jonathan. I, I really hope to be uh, part of, of, of the Blister Summit next year mm, yeah. and have, have the chance to fly over because uh, sadly that was not possible for me this year. Um, I could have flown over, but I have had to fly over like two weeks earlier to go on uh, quarantine. And then I had, would have to be on quarantine again if I come back. So I really hope that uh, things will change for the next season and uh, that we have um, yeah, a lot of good winters to come to our direction and in, in our direction and um, that uh, both of the things we, we both are doing that, that they're still, um, yeah, People are still f- liking what we do and and um, share sh- share the love for skiing with us, and uh, that's that's like the the thing what I'm hoping and celebrating for uh, for the future. I'm extremely proud of us. Extremely proud of us right now because we didn't talk about gear like at all, and that was intentional. We said this was going to be our plan. I didn't know if we were going to actually be able to kind of hold hold that and live up to that. I had to, sorry, I had to bite on my tongue t- uh, <laughs> twice because I was just falling down the rabbit hole of gear talk. And then I said, no, we have a plan. Let's We have a plan. plan. <laughs> so people are going to be listening to this conversation on Monday And I am now going to let you go because I have interrupted your amazing day where you have skied today, you have mountain biked today. And as you told me, you are now going to go have a drink with some friends. So I'm going to leave you to let you go do that. But what we are going to do is then come back in the next couple of days and record a Gear 30 conversation where we get to do nothing but nerd out about gear. So uh, for people listening to this on Monday, this coming Friday, Gear 30 episode, Sebastian and me, and this is going to be a good one. You were putting on my radar a ski company I've never heard of. We're going to talk about a binding that we don't talk about much at all on Blister. And then we're going to be talking about uh, several AT boots that you and I both have been spending time on. So that's going to be a really good Gear 30 episode. I'm looking forward to it. But for now, I'm going to let you go enjoy the rest of your uh, your evening. Thank you, Jonathan. I will go on the balcony now and meet the neighbors and have some drinks. So talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Sebastian, take care. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks to Sebastian for the conversation. And again, this Friday, you'll be able to hear Sebastian and me nerd out more about some new ski gear over on our Gear 30 podcast. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.